It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the start of the Syracuse basketball season and another big win for the football team. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is our great friend from ESPN and SNY, Tim Welsh. Coach, how are you today? Always great to be with you, and especially as we... Uh start to creep towards the season. It's coming soon, and uh, we can't wait. It's going to be a great year. Absolutely, Coach. Really looking forward to it as well. And I want to get you started on this one. What are your general overall thoughts on Syracuse heading into this season? Well, I really believe that they're they're going to have another terrific season. I mean, last year certainly was a, a rocky road, and the finish was wonderful. But, you know, they had a lot of adversity with with the COVID situation first with uh, Jim Beheim getting in and then with some of the players Buddy Buddy Beheim, Joe Gerard and certainly not only the impact of the shutdown and not being able to practice uh, but just the overall mental status of your team when you don't have any consistency as far as practice and you do have an illness that is so serious like like COVID uh, it can really knock the heck out of you as we saw and I don't think the players use that as an excuse at all but I thought you saw just the individual in- inconsistent performance from Joe Girard and Buddy Baham in the early parts of the season was due to the COVID. And, and the thing about it is that no one really understood that at the time. And I think as you look back and you saw what they did in the NCAA tournament, you could realize that you know, it really affected them. But I think they're going to be off and running this year. Uh, they've got a veteran ball club, much more size up front. They lost some key parts, but they're going to be a different looking team that can really shoot the ball and they're going to be fun to watch. Coach, between the ACC Big Ten Challenge, games against Villanova and Georgetown, and the battle for Atlantis, Syracuse is playing seven consecutive high majors in their non-conference schedule. This is for a team that allegedly never leaves the state of New York and only plays cupcakes in November and December. What do you think of this gauntlet? Well, my my good friend Dickie V, he's not going to be able to uh, call Jimmy Bayheim Cupcake City anymore <laughs> because that's, uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. They're taking on the iron, and that tells me a couple things. Number one, Jim understands his team. He understands what they can do. He's got a lot of veterans, and, he, and he's confident that this team can go out and do things against the iron in, around the country. Uh, you know, just in Atlantis, when you're looking at Baylor and Michigan State and, and UConn and Auburn and Arizona State, I mean, that tournament traditionally always has been one of the best, if not the best, in the preseason tournament. So that in itself will be great. And, you know, I'm really uh, – it shows a lot of faith and in, in shows about what Jim thinks about college basketball to continue the rivalries with Villanova and Georgetown. I think that's so important uh, for college basketball in the Northeast region. And it's also important for Syracuse to do that for recruiting-wise, that they're still a presence in Washington, D.C. and in Philadelphia. And, of course, I know Jim always wants to try to play in the garden when, when and if he can. So – I think it's great. I think it's going to be show early what what they have, maybe show early what they need to work on and improve before they get in the ACC. And I think, Jim, he understands scheduling probably better than anybody in the country. He understands that it's important for the young team not to schedule too much early because you, you might go out and get wounded and not be able to recover. But with a veteran team and a team that he feels confident in, especially with those two guards, Gerard and Buddy, in the backcourt, I think he feels confident that we can go out and take on people early and get better because of Coach, we were talking around this time last year about Buddy Beheim, and you said he was poised to have a great year, and that's exactly what happened, especially in the NCAA tournament. Do you think Buddy Beheim is in for an all-ACC, all-American kind of season? 
Oh, I do. I mean, you look at what he did, uh, not only in the NCAA tournament, but the ACC tournament. I think he, from the ACC tournament through the end of the season in the NCAA tournament, he averaged close to 27 points a game. So the, people have recognized that. I think I've seen him on uh, numerous uh, preseason All-American teams. Uh, he and it's deserved. He, there's no doubt about it. That was no fluke last year. You know, he put Syracuse on its back to get him to the Sweet 16 and get him into the NCAA tournament with the good wins in the ACC tournament. And you know, throughout all my years in basketball, and uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody work at the game harder. And and if you ask anybody inside the Syracuse program, they'll tell you the same thing. He just is a constant, constant worker. Which means one thing, obviously, that transcends to the rest of the team. People see him working hard. They want to work hard, too, because they see the success that he's had. But also, it tells you that he's going to get better. He's not What you saw last year is not what you're going to see this year. You're going to see more things to his game. You saw things were added last year. He got put the ball in the deck better. He got to the free throw line. He rebounded better. He was a more active defender at the top of the zone. So I think those things will all, will always improve with Buddy Bam because of his work ethic, because of his knowledge of the game, and, and the time he spends off the court, too, watching tape and, and talking to that guy that's uh, in the next bedroom down the hall from him in the summer, his dad. <laughs> and with that in mind, I know you played for your father in college, so you know about that player-coach-father-son dynamic. Not only is there the Buddy-Jim relationship, now there's Buddy-Jim and Jimmy, three Bayheims on one team. That's got to be a pretty special time for the three of them. It's awesome. It really is. And, and it makes me smile every time I see it because having seen those two young boys when they were, you know, five and three years old playing in the backyard. And I remember one time when we, Jim and I played golf, we went over to the house and it was 100 degrees. And we were both dead exhausted, tired. We wanted a shower and have a lemonade. And those two guys were dragging him out into the driveway to shoot hoops. This was before he built the gym in, the ba- in his basement. So it's just great. And, and um, Jim and Julie are such great parents, and uh, they love the children. And it's, it's just a special bond that they will remember this year for the rest of their lives. They'll be, they'll be able to go back and smile about it. And uh, that's what's great about it. And they're good players on top of it. I really like Jimmy. I, I've seen a lot of Jimmy over the years. I've done his games. Uh, when they came down to Rhode Island to play Bryant, I took my son out to the game. I just think he's a terrific player. He's got great court sense. He's tough. He's a really good passer for a big guy. I mean, he can make things happen. He kind of can play a point forward. So they'll be able to space the court with him out there because he'll be able to find people, and if, and if they don't give him the right respect, he'll be able to knock down shots and also get the ball all the way to the rim. So I'm excited what he will add and the different elements to this team, and I think that's important because – at times over the last year, they got a little stagnant on offense and had to rely a little bit too much on Gerard and Buddy making shots. But this year, I think they're going to be a little bit more balanced with Jimmy and Swider adding a different dimension along with what Buddy and Gerard can give them. And Coach, we'll get you out of here on this one. I know it's early, but you've been spot on each time you've been on the program with your predictions. You called Syracuse being a second weekend team last year when no one else did. With that in mind, how Syracuse going to do this year? Oh, I, I like them a lot. Again, I think they definitely got that potential to get to the second round, second weekend. And you know, the thing about them is that that they have some the three new pieces: the transfer plus Williams, the freshman. They're just going to get better and better and better. And everybody knows what a great, great tournament coach Jim Beheim is. And I would say at least to the Sweet 16 again. I, I I really believe it with the veteran presence in the backcourt, with the confidence they had at the end of last season. I think they're going to take off and running and have a great year. And, we're going to see them with two wins away from the Final Four again, and who knows what will happen. And by the way, the Final Four is in a favorite place of Syracuse fans, the Superdome in New Orleans. 
Coach, thanks again for coming on the program. It's the ninth year you've been on the program, if you can believe it. Again, ESPN and SNY's Tim Welsh always providing amazing insight. Enjoy the start of the college basketball season. We'll speak with you soon. Time flies. I know. Well, that's great. Great to hear from him. Anytime you need anything, let us know. No person I enjoy speaking more with heading into a Syracuse basketball season than Tim Welsh. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, Syracuse picking up their second straight ACC win on Saturday, a 21-6 win over Boston College. It was a slow first half, but the offense and special teams really came alive in the second half for them to pick up their second straight win. Isn't it great, West, not to have to come right down to the wire and win a game for Syracuse football this season and be comfortably ahead in the fourth quarter? It was a great defensive performance, and as you alluded to, the offense took a while to get going put it together with the uh, standout running game that we've seen all season long with the two-headed monster quarterback Garrett Trader and, of course, top-notch running back Sean Tucker. And really great to see special teams making a contribution with Courtney Jackson taking a line drive punt back for a 64-yard touchdown. And then the, uh, the, the topper to it all was the defense saying, we're not going to let you into the end zone today, B.C., and having that goal line stand late in the fourth quarter at a four, at a situation at the one-yard line really stood out. And give props to the coaching staff. They have kept this team in it mentally the entire season, through the ups, through the downs, through the close defeats, winning on the road at Virginia Tech, and finally securing an ACC home win at the Dome. I guess the only disappointing aspect to me, Wes, was the crowd. I know there have been COVID protocols put in place in central New York, New York State for that matter, and it's kept the crowd down this season, especially uh, parents bringing younger children to the games. And it was homecoming weekend. I thought there might be a, you know, a better turnout than there was. The students have been, as we've talked about, marvelous all season in turning out, not so much for the BC game, but it's going to be really important for there to be a great crowd for the, the home finale later in the month against Pittsburgh. But all in all, when you win a football game in the ACC, it's a very positive sign. Brad Syracuse is now 5-4, and four, one win away from bowl eligibility. They have three games left at Louisville, at NC State, and hosting Pitt. Three tough competitive teams. Where do you see that six win coming from? Well, I've alluded to that Pittsburgh finale since way back in August when I wrote the preseason prediction Orange Watch column. And I missed on Rutgers, thought they would win that game. They lost. They, I thought they would fall to Liberty, but they won that game. And I thought they would win at home against Wake Forest, but, of course, that was a tough overtime defeat. And I did not think that they would win at Virginia Tech. Nonetheless, from a record standpoint, they're 5-4 and four where I thought they would be heading into the home stretch after the uh, open week at Louisville at NC State and host of Pittsburgh. Now, Louisville, it's a really tough one to figure out because Malik Cunningham has really done a lot of damage against Syracuse's defense the last two years in games played at Cardinal Stadium. He's having a great year, but Louisville has some other problems, you know, on defense and a couple of players are banged up. But it, it is tough to win on the road there at Cardinal Stadium as Syracuse has not done the last two seasons. So, you know, I'm going to stick with my guns, Wes. I'm going to still be optimistic in the end that Syracuse is going to get to a bowl game, get the requisite six victories to get eligibility. But I'm going to go with a loss at Louisville, a tough loss at North Carolina State against a very good Wolfpack team, really putting it all on the line 
in that season finale against Pitt. Now, Pitt's looked really great all season, uh, only losing to Western Michigan and then this past weekend to Miami. But I, I think Syracuse, with a bowl game on the line, if they can't get these two wins on the road in ACC play, will win that home finale in the Dome Thanksgiving weekend. And that's going to lead to a really enthusiastic response uh, following that game. The fans are going to be into it. The team is really going to be into it, saluting Dino Babers for the great job he's done to get them back to a bowl game for the first time since 2018. So at the minimum, I see a 6-6 six and six record. 7-5 and five would be outstanding. 8-4, and four, of course, would just be, you know, tipping uh, the hat to everyone in the program. But at the minimum, I see six victories and being eligible for one of the built-in 11 ACC bowl game tie-ins. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Wes, I, I started off the final thought with, you know, inquisitive minds want to know what would be the coaching attire for the basketball staff this season. After the LeMoyne exhibition game, we got our answer. Jim Beheim confirming that the ACC coaches have voted unanimously to have a casual look permanently moving forward, and that really makes a lot of sense. I wrote about it way back last December. The sartorial look had changed during the COVID-19-related uh, season, and to me it really makes sense. No reason for coaches to be wearing expensive suits and sports jackets and that formal look on the sidelines when they're interacting with players who are competing uh, on a basketball court. And this really provides a great opportunity for Jim Beheim and the staff to come out with a different fashion statement. I really love the looks Dino Babers has during the week between games at his press conferences. He really mixes it up with great-looking Syracuse shirts, whether they're a Hawaiian motif or just really sharp, casual uh, dress shirts with the uh, the S or the orange insignia on there. And I think here's a perfect opportunity for the coaching staff to set a trend and come out with a new uh, line of uh, shirts and a casual look that fans will want to get, you know, their own version of it and uh, replicate what the staff is wearing and now the business casual environment of basketball coaching in the ACC. Brad, that's a great closing thought. And to feed off that, I wonder what's going to happen with the Bayheim jacket toss now that he's not going to be wearing a suit anymore. If you remember back to February of 2014, Bayheim was ejected during a Syracuse loss to Duke after arguing a block charge call on CJ Fair. That jacket was eventually auctioned for $14,000 for charity and started a tradition of the jacket toss meter. He tossed his jacket plenty since then. It was often a question of when, not if, he would be sporting the dress shirt only look, depending on how Syracuse was playing. I'm not sure what he'll toss to emphasize his frustration going forward, but I, for one, am going to miss the jacket toss. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that if you say something trivial, but you put your age before it, then it sounds really important. I'm 43 years old. I want a sandwich. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.